get set for a thrilling ride. One night can change your world. Prepare to be mystified. Never seen such a grand charade. Masquerade behind a big facade. So get ready. You best be ready. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to show. Step right up and go. Century in 2005 and um, this week we're continuing this countdown to the present day by having a look at what 2006 brought us so to begin with well to begin with we're going to be talking about our game of the week so we'll get onto that later so boys who wants to go first I have, should I go first this time for game of the week yeah I feel like you don't go first very I usually often, so. yeah I usually hand it out to either one of you two right then mm-hmm. okay so for this week I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story about why i never really trust games that are a spin-off from the the original franchise um you'll know what i mean when i explain this in a second just quickly when you say spin-off do you mean like not you're not talking about sequels you're talking about a kind of subset of the game yeah so take the brand and put it in a completely genre a different genre of games if that makes sense yeah so uh, this week i'm going to be talking about bridge constructor portal right so you can probably guess what game is related to this. This is not I've, a new game. Go on, Billy. I've seen something about this. I remember this. I think I've seen some YouTuber play it because it's it's actual like Portal Portal from from Valve, isn't it? Yeah. So it, yeah, it's basically. Well, I'll get on to explaining that. But yeah, it was it was released in 2017, and I bought it. I don't know whether it was on release or, or near enough release. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bridge building simulator, but in the world of Portal, okay? Now, that sounds pretty cool, right? You think, oh, yeah, this would be sick. Portal's a brilliant puzzle game and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone doesn't know what a bridge-building simulator is, it may not even sound that interesting, but they are pretty good. Um, you essentially take 
usually a truck or a bunch of trucks or some sort of device from one end of a map to another and they're usually it's usually 2d map um and you have very limited resources and the difficulty each stage is is higher and it's constantly progressing as yeah essentially you just have to work on your architecture to to build a bridge or a some sort of swing thing or yeah. whatever it is to get from one side to the other remember um, triangles i was triangles about to say shape. that billy i yeah. was literally about to say that the only thing i have to input into the whole bridge builder scenario <laughs> is triangles they are your savior no they, they genuinely are and it's the same for this game um i saw so, yeah like i said i picked this game up uh, probably two years ago now three years ago uh and this was because solely i'm not into bridge building simulators you know i've played maybe one or two before many years ago but it was more to more because of my desperation to play portal related games because i'm a massive fan of portal portal 2 is probably one of my favorite games of all time um so i load this game up right and the game starts off with glados everyone knows if glados who who glados is uh i don't know whether i should refer to her as her or it it's dependent on what you see um yeah, so it starts off with GLaDOS with a usual tongue-in-cheek humour, same as in the original Portal games, uh, which I thought was amazing. So I began playing this game thinking it would be brilliant, you know, a bridge-building simulator, cool, but with a Portal thing, and you can have portals everywhere and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I, I also assumed that the level design would be as clever and as challenging as the Portal games too, because you think coming from a franchise that is renowned for being clever and in, in the way they design their levels i was just so disappointed i'll get onto more of that in a bit but you'd think from a game that's designed around the portal franchise that there'll be more actual flair in the game do you know what i mean um if yeah the go on billy if I remember correctly, you don't get to place the portals in this game, do you? No, you don't. So you don't actually place the portals. They're all just set up. And it's like, um, it's almost like a like a classic bridge building scenario, but with portals in and a few extra pieces that you can take from the game. Uh, so yeah, you can't, you know, you can't interact with the, the landscape like you can do in an actual portal game and come up with, you know, funky ways of doing things. Um yeah, the level design wasn't anything special. Some were either too tricky, some were too easy. Uh, they do include objects from the portal games, like the talking turrets, companion cubes and everything. So it's nice to see that they've actually bothered to include these things as interactables, and they do play a part in completing some of the puzzles. But that's really as far as it goes. Like, like I said, I was super intrigued with sort of to hear more storyline behind GLaDOS and, and who I was building these bridges because I just wanted to have more portal in my life but most of her most of the gladys's features throughout the game were just really crap jokes to try and egg on this storyline because in, in in portal she makes all these remarks and it's amazing but you know it's just she just comes up at the start of every level and says something quirky like oh haha you're working for me blah 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 uh, and so on it's just nothing there's just nothing to it so mm. it in, in conclusion, and I know this is pretty quick, my explanation on this, but it is really just a bridge building game reskinned in a Portal universe. But I would have mm. thought, as clever as Portal is, how how have you turned this into something so boring? And I just think 
you've got portals in your game you, you you know and all this sort of stuff and a brilliant a brilliant universe how have you how have you made it so so similar to every other bridge building game there is out there so yeah i i mean honestly and this is just a story as to why i think it's never a good idea to to buy a game just because of the brand it represents and i know there's probably games out there uh, fallout shelter for example i i really enjoyed that it was quite basic when i when i first played it and that's an example of a, a, a well a gaming franchise that's been converted genres and, and and what have you but yeah this this game just really did not hit the spot for me so i'm going pretty low and i'm going with a four out of ten sounds fair enough to be honest based on what you described everything yeah. you said i can completely identify with sounds almost like a money-making exercise you know they've, they've they've got the brand of portal and they've gone what's a simple game to make that we can proliferate this brand with exactly and exactly. that's what they've done and they they took you know they it worked for them you know i saw portal in the in the name and thought oh brilliant you know more more portal for me i went and bought it and i was just disappointed so i i definitely think it was more of a a money grab than anything you you know when games don't have that commitment in from the you know from a story perspective and everything and they could easily do that there could be a reason why you're transporting these forklifts throughout the throughout the game and everything like that and you know you can include other things or or something just better than what what it gave me but there you go it it was cool to hear some sort of uh throwbacks to to the portal series and portal franchise but other than that i mean <laughs> terrible to, to speak very briefly in its defense i will point out that it is a game in a different it's a game in the bridge constructor series because there is a, a series of these games yeah that's got elements of portal it's not really a portal game it's made by the bridge constructor like studio and stuff yeah of course it's not, it's of not course. Made by Valve. yeah of course but you know, if you're designing it around a franchise game, it is literally just a reskin. And I thought it would be more than that. I guess, yeah, I guess no. my my expectations for it were uh, were more than what it gave me. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that that's absolutely fair. I just think that you're coming at it from a I want a portal game thing. So yeah, and I really did. Yeah, I really did. I think I think as a as a bridge building game, it's definitely a good sort of expansion as to what you can do with that sort of genre of game. And I imagine if you're a massive fan of of, of that genre, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And if you like Portal, then even better. But I definitely came at it from an angle, like you said, Billy, of wanting more Portal stuff rather than the bridge Trust building me. aspect of it. Trust me, I think we all want more Portal stuff. Yeah, <laughs> And who knows when that's going to happen? I have no idea. Well, if I'll ever learn to invent the number three. Never. <laughs> never which is such a shame I, honestly i i still think portal 2 is up there with some one of the best games I've oh ever I, I love guaranteed. i love portal 2 so good in every aspect as well right then uh, that, that's me done yeah moving on quickly because i know that's very depressing and i haven't convinced anyone <laughs> to go out and play this game so oh, gabriel or billy who, who wants to go next i would like to quickly volunteer myself while we've got this topic in the room because my game is actually a spin-off of a very famous game okay uh my game of the week is minecraft dungeons ah uh, so so very relevant based on oh, what, okay. what your game of the week yeah, is yeah. Tom. so for those that don't know minecraft dungeons is an action adventure game inspired by classic dungeon crawlers where you'll constantly discover new weapons and items that will help you defeat a ruthless swarm of new and nasty mobs you'll fight or flee through canyons swamps and of course mines you can brave the dungeons alone or team up with friends 
Up to four players can battle together through action-packed, treasure-stuffed, wildly varied levels, all in an epic quest to save the villagers and take down the evil arch Illager. If you have played or are familiar with Diablo 3, imagine that game, but with Minecraft aesthetics. It isn't quite as complex, mechanically speaking, to Diablo 3, but the basic concept is pretty much there. So again, based off what you were saying, Tom, this is uh, Minecraft, very separate game to this, but this is their spin on what is already an existing game. I haven't even played it, to be honest. And maybe this is something that I can change my opinion on these sort of spin-off games because well i've got to wait to see if you think it's any good but mm. i i know it's fairly popular and i'm a massive fan of diablo anyway i played through the whole of diablo 2 and diablo 3 so you, there you, you know go, mate. yeah no I, I must admit if you are a fan of diablo then this really is and, and minecraft obviously yeah, but of course. yeah it's it's perfect really um overall they've done a really good job from a design perspective the game looks great It maintains the overall look and feel of vanilla Minecraft, but adds some extra detail to facilitate the dark dungeon feel, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The music and sound is great too. You can expect the same low-file style beats that are present in Minecraft, but with an added eerie twist. Basically, any music you hear in this game would feel very at home in a normal Minecraft setting. The story is quite simple. The evil arch Illager steals an orb of power from the other Illagers, and you spend the next eight hours defeating him and his minions. One annoying thing about the game is the lack of a class system. You can customize your character aesthetically. However, you can't choose an overall class setup, which would enable you to play differently to your teammates, if that makes sense. So you can't, I don't know, be a be a the inventory man who carries yep. everything or the, yep. the gun man or you know what I mean? Mage yeah. and all that sort of classic. Yeah. Exactly. And that's really what I was looking for, to be honest, but it's not present in this game. Being a Minecraft-inspired game, as far as upgrading is concerned, you'll be finding new equipment in each level, each with different special abilities. You can either enchant each of these items of equipment to receive different perks, including damage boosts and even the ability to summon creatures like bees to help you defeat monsters. Um, A really good feature of the game is that you can salvage old enchanted gear and regain the enchantment point to spend on something else. So let's say you get a pair of daggers that are really good at that time, at that stage in the game. You can not you can enchant them loads without having to worry about then having to, you know, waste your enchantments if that makes yeah. sense and to be honest if that wasn't the case this game could have really fallen on its uh on its bottom shall we say yeah yeah it's core it's core to how the game works basically e- yeah. exactly 100 percent. overall this is a nice simple accessible and fun to play game for you and your mates but because of its overall simplicity and the fact you can complete it in a mere eight hours I would have to rate it a six out of 10. So really eight it's, hours. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's nothing, mate. You can, you can literally do it in a, in an evening, really, if you're speed running it yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's great for what it is, but to be honest, they could have put a lot more thought into it and really developed the concept. Cause it's a great concept. It works so well, but again, they could have taken it a bit further, I think. Yeah. I, I, you know, look at looking at it like that. Obviously, Diablo three, you can with that game, you can choose to run through the whole campaign really quickly. And me, me and my mates did that once. We just ran through the whole thing in 
maybe a couple of days, but definitely not eight hours of gameplay. Maybe you can, but that, that seems really, really, really short. I, I wouldn't say it's disappointing because I see, I see the Minecraft dungeons as something that let's, you know, it's, it's probably designed for a younger audience than those people playing Diablo because it's more simplified. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't have as an in-depth, you know, feel to it. And it, it, you know, it's Minecraft at the end of the day, there's only so much you can, you can progress to it. And I'm sure it has l- loads of, loads of more, well, loads of different things added to it. Don't get me wrong, but eight hours is pretty short. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that, that could be so, but it also depends on Diablo is, is very much a story driven game. Yeah. And by the sound of it, this isn't. So it could be more about how replayable it is rather than just how long it takes to finish like a single run. Basically. True, true, true. Very, very true. And and I would say on that, I would not really say it's that replayable. I think once you have done it, it is a bit been there, done that kind of thing. But one thing I would say while we're talking about this stuff is the, the word that jumps out to me is DLC. And I think that is why they've put this sort of stock, not developed idea out there and then in the future they can then go oh right a whole new set of maps or a whole new story or whatever sure sure maybe. so is it my idea that you just sort of maybe you start off near the surface of minecraft in like this way and go it go deeper and deeper into sort of like the lava pits and everything like that and to bedrock <laughs> or something or is it is it something like that it's kind of like that, but it's more actually you always sort of go underground. There's always an underground sure. element and actually yeah. you're moving across the map on the surface, but through the different biomes. So yeah, I see, I see. The map, the, okay. uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's really cool actually, but like mm. I say, just left, not unique enough then. Okay. Yeah, unique enough. Yeah. But. Mm. Just, just to go back to your point about DLC very quickly, I will point mm. out that while it's entirely possible they will release a bunch of DLC, Minecraft is probably the only game i'm aware of that's received like consistent updates over the last you know 10 years without ever getting paid dlc so it could be a similar situation with this which would be nice because we that need more games to oh yeah i'm sure free, i'm free, sure free, they'll free, stick free. to the yeah i'm sure they'll stick to their um their motto with, yeah exactly yeah, well, one would hope so at least mm. of course i i, I is it is mojang that still do this because they're there is they're, they're their parent companies, Microsoft, and everything there, isn't it? It is yeah. now, cool. yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Right then. Have you have you given it a rating, Gabriel? Yes, uh, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Perfect. Mm, solid. Bit better mm. than mine. Billy, mm-hmm. have you got is your well, I'm not gonna ask you if your game is. Hopefully your game's a bit better than ours too in ratings, uh, but we shall see. It's it's not the best game I've ever played. It's, it's okay. enjoyable. Okay. Um so the game I have this week is Battlefleet Gothic Armada. Uh which sort of neatly ties into our, our little accidental spin-off theme we have going. Yeah. Uh, it's part of Warhammer Fantasy. Well, not Warhammer Fantasy, sorry. Warhammer 40,000. Um, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in Battlefleet Gothic Armada, you take command of one of a couple different factions uh, in, in the Warhammer universe. Uh, there's Orcs, Space Marines, uh, the Tau, I think, turn up at one point, uh, the Eldar, the Imperium, um, and you get to run around running their navy and shooting the other navies in the face. Um, naturally, the big evil of the game is chaos, because this is Warhammer. Chaos is always the big evil of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gabriel nodding along there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a space-based RTS, so it's a real-time strategy game. It's pretty fun. I'm not great at it, um, because I'm not particularly good at the micromanagement. It's sort of like, I think, StarCraft in that way. There's a lot of... You need to 
tell each individual unit what to do rather than being able to sort of leave them on their own and, and to fight and stuff. Is it lot? Is it APM based? You know, do you have to do a lot of clicking for it to be? You know, you have to uh, get the the best I, out I, of your time. I, I think yeah. There's, I mean, it it really depends because there's a lot of time when you can sort of wait for your opponent's ships because you tend to start quite far apart. Yeah, uh, in the unforgiving cold void of space. Uh, right. it, it's interesting. There's like navigational hazards and spaceships, and there's a couple different types of missions. Um, it's. That's it. It's not the greatest game, I don't think, ever in the world. It's, I think, lacking a little bit of flair, a little bit of differentiation in some of the missions. There's a lot of, I'm doing the same thing several times over. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say, I've only played the Imperium campaign. I've not touched any of the others, partly because I don't own, own any of the DLC. Uh, sure. But, I don't know, it's, it's solid, but it doesn't have sort of a, a spark to it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I get you completely. It yeah. reminds me a lot of, thought, well, just based on what you described, it sounds quite like Dawn of War, the Dawn of War games, the Warhammer 40k, um, the kind of real-time strategy, but on the ground, kind, yeah, of, kind of similar I, to that. Well, I've, I've only really touched the Dawn of War for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but I, 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 like, I can see where you're going with the, the comparison, and I, and I think to a degree, yeah. I cool. think where it changes is there's not, not so much of the, the building, like your base aspect. Right, okay. Yeah. You, you get to like select your fleet, but you build your fleet in sort of a different section and then you take a certain number of ships into each battle. Like unit management kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And you can upgrade your ships and stuff outside of battles. I see. Uh, but, yeah. but there's not so much uh, of the uh, in battle, I'm going to be able to build more units type stuff. Got you. It's a lot of it. Well, from, a, from someone that hasn't ever gone into that franchise before, do you get a lot of satisfaction because it is Warhammer? Or is the is the game itself still the game? The game itself feels very Warhammer. Yeah. There, oh, right. Okay. You know, yeah. There's ridiculous things like let's have boarding actions in space, and I'm going to fire a small sun at your at your ships, and ridiculous things like that. It it does feel very Warhammer. Yeah. And there is a sequel which I also own, but I haven't managed to, to get around to playing yet. Future so game of the week, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe that one will be uh you know sort of better or different, and we'll find out that it's just need a bit more polish to be to be truly great but for now i think i'm going to give it sort of like a, a six and a half it, it it's very nearly very good yeah close well maybe maybe the sequel is then maybe they've yeah. maybe they've you know sort of all the things that you've mentioned that are not so good about the game maybe they've maybe they've improved it we'll, we'll see i guess yeah mm. maybe brilliant well that's it for game of the week uh let us know via email if you agree or disagree with our ratings i think that's very important because we're providing our own opinions and we don't want to set in stone you know people might love my bridge builder portal game i didn't but that's you know that's just my opinion so it's very important that we that we state that our email is hitbox at river.radio if you would like to do that or if you have suggestions for future game of the weeks or if you just want to tell us you know what, what game you've been playing recently and how you rate it, please send it in there. We'd love to hear back from you. Anyway, moving on. On to tonight's discussion. 2006, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I'm going to give a little bit of backstory to uh, to the year, just to sort of get us in the in the mindset of what 2006 was like for, for gamers like us. Um, <laughs> I, alongside... Billy and Gabriel were probably all in primary school, I'd imagine, wouldn't we? Mm, yeah. Being six years old at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was yep. in seven. Yeah. So yep. still primary school. Yeah. So uh, 
probably around then I'd like to say that it was probably the first time I maybe got my hands on a few video games. I'd imagine I played some games on my on my dad's laptop or something, for example. It might have even been the year I got my GameCube given to me, but I'm not too sure. Um, I think definitely for me, uh, it was the year of the Wii, or or at yes. least that was w- what my uh, TV was spamming yes. me with ads. Wii Sports, Wii yeah. whatever. Wii I was, everything. yeah, exactly. I was going to say it was um, a good a good year for uh, console releases. Mm. Uh, in January that year, Nintendo announced the DS Lite. And oh, you, yeah. did you, you boys said that you owned that one, or was that a different one, Gabriel? You no, did. I, yeah, I, I we, did, we yeah. both owned DS. Both did. Yeah. Perfect. I've just realised I think all my games I played on the DS that I've that's, out that's absolutely year. fine. That's absolutely fine. That's not a problem. Fair so enough, it's probably yeah. what probably what you were playing at the time. So exactly. Yeah. Um. Like I like I said, did the, the the Wii came out later, as well as the PlayStation Three. They both came out. I think probably I think it was in November time. Um. Yeah, so a bunch of new consoles released this year, which obviously had a massive impact on the popularity of certain games. Hence why, Billy, you're saying that, you know, all, all your games are, are DS-based. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my job this week is to to give you at home, as well as you two here, a bit of uh, well-needed nostalgia. So I'm going to give a shout-out to, oh, I don't know how many games I've got here, but a decent amount. Uh, so fingers crossed I've got a good selection that you guys you guys know and can um can have some nostalgia with me uh, and after that after i do my list you two have your top five games of 2006 if i'm correct correct yes perfect right so i'm going to start off with my first one hopefully you guys know what it is um bully by rockstar did you guys ever play this I haven't played it. I've, I've heard of it. It's oh, exactly the same as Billy. Shocking, shocking. It was brilliant. Basically, it was just this kid that was, well, yeah, ran, ran around bullying people and, and dealing with certain situations like that. It was really just that simple. You know, you'd, <laughs> you'd go into school, had to go to classes, make sure you did this and that. Meanwhile, all performing these random pranks and stuff on and passes by it, it was hilarious you know you're just running around the school as a, a tiny kid and I, I think get I home on time yeah uh yeah I, I think i saw some news about this when i was looking for, for stuff last week that bully 2 had been cancelled in like 2009 and it was never coming out and it just they just hadn't revealed this for ages that's a bit of a shame isn't it i, I wonder why i wonder why that's the case it was a bit controversial i'd have I, to I was literally about when you initially told me it was a Rockstar game. I was like, you know, Rockstar once again being very controversial with making a game about bullies and bullying and all that kind of stuff. Like it's always going to, especially to do with, you know, parents buying games for their kids, it's definitely going to raise an eyebrow to, I think. Yeah, this game was definitely didn't play it when I was six. It was Mm. a game that I played a a long time later on. And Mm. I definitely probably wouldn't have been allowed to play this. I can't remember what... uh, what age rating it was but i'd imagine it was i don't know whether it was a 15 i'm gonna have to have a look but yeah it, it was a bit uh controversial I, i'm not too surprised that the second one was maybe cut short probably because of the uh the responses it got from the original game but but there we are um moving on from bully i've put the original dead rising have you guys played any of the dead rising first of all 
Yeah, but me, I've I played Dead Rising three for the first time, I believe, of you, Tom. Actually, yeah. you told me to get it. I think it was came out very near the time of the Xbox One coming out. Yes. kind of time. It came and out so, with the release. I'm pretty sure it was one of the go. games that was released at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, and that was my first Dead Rising. But you know, I saw uh, I saw on a list of games released in 2006 the original Dead Rising. Um, the problem being, I think it was Dead. Yeah, it was Dead Rising three that we played. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether they released the Dead Rising 4. I'm pretty sure they did. But there was one that they were planning on doing after. So that was either the 4th or the 5th. But um, each Dead Rising that was released uh, was progressively getting worse and worse sales. So they essentially just decided to to stop making the games just because it wasn't as popular as it once was. But I, I know the original Dead Rising was was really popular and the second one was too. A lot of people bought the third one like me and you. I think it was a pretty cool, pretty cool idea. I don't know whether it's that much of a of a cool thing nowadays. You sort of get a lot of the similar things exactly. that Dead Rising gave. But it was it was, you know, a lot of the particles and a lot of zombies that you could chuck everywhere. And it was it was cool for for the first uh first year of the well at, at that time the next gen xbox but yeah i see why it wasn't it's not as popular anymore uh quick shout out to call of duty 3 i didn't mm-hmm. play it cod 4 was my first game uh, first call of duty so shout out to the people that played that we sports oh. this is a game i probably played the most at in 2006 or maybe 2007 but oh what a banger i'm sure you guys have got it somewhere on your top five if i'm correct (laughs) brilliant right (laughs) moving on swiftly then because we'll discuss that in a bit it's not on my it's it's not on my list it's not on your list oh shocker elder elder scrolls oblivion that might be on your list that has to be on your list (laughs) surely surely we'll see that's a that's a great game uh the original just cause 2 Lots of originals of games that have had a lot of uh, sequels and and what have you. Um, Just, Just Cause Two was the, the multiplayer one, or Just Cause Three was it? Three, I, I think. Yeah, it was 2015. I yeah. believe two was like 2011 kind of time. That was probably it. Um, it's the first Saints Row as well. Ooh, big not news! A- yeah, not actually my favorite. My favorite uh, franchise. I've got to be honest. I played the third one, and it was all right. It just felt a bit. I think Grand Theft Auto was just a better version of it, in my opinion. But I think everyone GTA, agrees. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Tech GTA. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to the, well, I think probably the best game of 2006, uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I think it got game of the year. Yes. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, absolutely fantastic game, just like all the Legend of Zeldas. First Gears of War came out in 2006 as well. So we've got a lot of these franchises first releasing their games in uh, in this year. And the final one being Super Mario Bros. So that's another big game that came out. Uh, you're, you're talking about new Super Mario Bros, aren't you? I think so. It, yeah. I know that the DS one came out in 2006, I think. I think. Yeah, that's, that's new Super Mario Bros. Got Is you. it? Right. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Then. That's the one. Perfect. That's my list. Hopefully that brought back some nostalgia for you guys. It definitely did for me. I, I mean, I played a few I mean, of these ones, but, you know, it was more just a shout out to the yeah. the originals of previous, well, of uh, of games and franchises that are still going at the moment. I mean, it, it did bring about a fair bit of nostalgia. We also mentioned Oblivion, and I 
I've never been able to get into Oblivion. I love Skyrim, but Oblivion, I've just never been able to get into. Wow, it's, it's the that's surprising. So terrible. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever seen screenshots of that game? It is like, look, I'm, the gameplay might be great. It is so ugly. <laughs> I guess it's more just the whole idea. Oh, it's hard to explain with that game. It's more of the, the concept of of what the game is trying to tell you. And obviously Skyrim done it much better with the, the animation and the visual side of things. But yeah, it was uh, an ugly game. Yeah, even even Skyrim isn't the prettiest game, but you know, no, no, that's why we have mods. Yeah, for its time, it was it wasn't too bad. That's true. Right, we're gonna go for our fifth places now. I don't have mm-hmm. one, but you two have, so maybe we might see uh, a few a few pairs here. But we'll start with you, Gabriel. Actually, what's your fifth one? Yeah, so definitely one that you mentioned, Just Cause, the first the uh-huh. first version. I played this on my nephew's GameCube when I was younger, and I just found it to be a great substitute for GTA. You know, it's sort of yep. similar concept, free roam, vehicles, all that good stuff. Uh, and the sequel is very highly, an- well, all, both sequels, they're very highly anticipated based off how well that game really did make its mark. So I think that's testament and, yeah, deserved of yeah. fifth place. There are three sequels, I should mention. There is Just Cause there 4, is I believe. Yeah, 4 even. Oh, yeah, exactly. I did not know that. I think it might be an epic exclusive. Right. Oh, that's probably right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I only know that because I picked it up for free on one of the Epic's usual free, free weekly give- game giveaways. Yeah. Interesting. Right yeah. then, Billy. Number five. Yeah, number five for me uh, is The Legend of Spyro, A New Beginning, uh, which is the first of the, the remake uh, sorry, the reboot, not the remake of mm-hmm. the Spyro trilogy. Uh, I played this on the DS when I was a, a young kid. Uh, I was actually playing this when I managed to drop my DS downstairs. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, it, it, it's a fun little game. It's it's not the greatest game in the world, but it's got a lot of memories attached to it for me. Um, I never played any of the sequels to it, which is weird, but it's also it, it, it's a fun little game. It's got an interesting story. Uh, mm. It's a lot more serious. It takes itself a lot more seriously than the original Spyro series does, I think. Um but also, it has um, Gary Oldman in it, so wow. it's yeah. He's if, if memory serves, he is one of the voices in it. Um, so it's automatically just great. That's that's how this works. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I, I won't dispute that. that. Fair, yeah, yeah, I won't dispute like, it at all. You gotta love Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Gabriel, number four. Number four. I've gone with quite a sort of stocks uh, suggestion here and I've gone with FIFA 07 which I actually played on the DS but obviously it was available on Xbox and all the mainstream consoles at the time at this point in time FIFA was very simple and perhaps lacked the depth and detail of today's games however for any football fan in 2006 this was the game to play quite simply yeah I think Pro Evolution Soccer was quite high up on in, in comparison to the FIFAs back then, I know it was very true. Yeah, no, they were sort of, you know, neck and neck. Exactly. At that stage, they were. But um, I think just because and I remember George, when we we had him on the show, he talks about FIFA 06 because yeah. I got introduced to FIFA 06. I think I was just naturally favoritism towards, you know, um FIFA. FIFA franchise, yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you reckon if you started off playing Pez, would you have carried on for all these years playing Pez, or would you have swapped over to FIFA at some point? Surely, oh, I'd, I'd have swapped on the basis of the licensing, and it's a shame, and it's all to do with competition and all this yeah. stuff. But EA just buy up all the licensing and make it basically mm. impossible for anyone to compete with them. So, yeah, very yeah. true. 
I mean, you say pears, I just think of the sweets, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the little, cl- is it the little clicker ones? You know, you have yeah, that that's one. The yeah. ones. Oh, they were yeah. wicked. Yeah. That's yeah. a throwback. Probably had them oh. in about 2006 as well. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. They still make them. Do they? Oh, yeah. I'll buy myself some. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so my number four is a game that's already been slightly mentioned. It's New Super Mario Bros. Really, uh, there we which, go. Yeah, it was my first ever Mario game. So, you know, it's a Mario game. It's a pretty solid Mario game. It's got a bunch of sequels. Yeah. Um, it's not actually my favorite Mario game ever, but it's a pretty solid game. What is your favorite Mario game? Oh, and I'm making hard choices. I still think it's, um, uh, su- uh, goodness gracious, what's the name? Uh, Super Mario 64 DS. That's I love that game. Yeah. I mentioned it uh, uh, last week. Yes, 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 yes. As, as part of this exact same segment. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, Mario is, you know, it's, it's always a solid fun ride as Mario. You, have no, mm. you don't have to explain what Mario is. That's the best thing about it. <laughs> you know, you just list a Mario game and then have just explain the, the core feature of it. Like Paper <laughs> Mario, oh, you're Mario, but paper. And then, yeah. you know, that's it. <laughs> New Super Mario, you're Mario, but also you have two screens because it's on a DS. Yep. That's it, pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. If someone hasn't heard of Mario, um, I think you've tuned into this by mistake. Something else. <laughs> the wrong podcast. Yeah, possibly. You can stay anyway, though. That's not a problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. Stick around. Yeah. Right. What are we now? We're we're on number three. Number three. Yeah. We're closing in. Gabriel, go on. Well, nice and easy. Just a repeat of Billy's at number four. <laughs> I went for Super Mario Bros. DS. Well, new Super Mario Bros. DS as my number three. You know, I've mentioned before as a big Nintendo DS player back in the day. And this for the time was arguably, and I know you've mentioned uh, 64 there, Billy, but it was probably the best, you know, at the time Mario platform game, really. Fair yeah. enough. It, it was the first one really designed for DS, I think. Um, mm. And it went back to the sort of 2D platforming. So it, it's a very different feel to 64, but it's it's a solid game. Mm. Did you have to save Princess Peach from Bowser? Is that? Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just, just making sure. <laughs> right, number three. Number three for me, uh, one that I suspect might be on Gabriel's list as well, a little bit higher up for him though, is uh, Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy. Yeah, I was I, I I actually left this off my list and I Ooh. left it off on the basis of I didn't really play the original trilogy. I ah. only really got into it for the complete saga, which I know if I'd have played this game, I would have yeah. absolutely put it on my list. It's just that I, I, I didn't. I mean, don't worry, we can we can talk about the complete saga next week. <laughs> yeah, true. Um well, I'm sure it'll be on both our top fives. But, yes. uh, it would be on my it's... top three, probably. Maybe <laughs> yeah. my, my top game, yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, it's a Lego game. It's Lego Star Wars. You, you might have, you've probably played it yourself. It's great. It's funny. You go around, you collect studs, you die a lot. <laughs> like I miss the simplicity of it. You, you know, it's so... I guess you could yeah. say it's linear, but it's just, a, you know, Lego being a, a simple thing. It's... In itself, you just oh, it's just brilliant, and to, to combine it with Star Wars too, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Right, Gabriel, number two now. Yeah, so number two, and I've actually touched on what my number two is a little bit when we were talking, uh, doing our game of the week. So my number two is Warhammer Forty K Dawn of War Dark Crusade. So weirdly for me, this is actually a PC game suggestion. And it's one of the only PC franchise games that I I really did get my head into when I was younger. 
I've mentioned previously how much of a big Warhammer 40k fan I was and coincidentally I've actually got back into it recently I spent hours the other day listening to this guy break down the law of <laughs> Warhammer 40k and it just is still so interesting for me I really recommend it to people that are fans of you know sci-fi fiction basically uh, the game is basically a real-time strategy game set in the 40k universe my favorite race in Warhammer 40k was always the Necrons and this focuses on them it's the first time you could play as the Necrons and that for me was just an instant selling point because the Necrons are really really cool and people should make more stuff about them they should I love the Necrons brilliant right Billy number two we're getting we're getting close now we are number two for me this was a tricky choice uh, but I picked Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Blue Rescue Team uh, so Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is a crossover series between the Mystery Dungeon series and Pokemon. Uh, basically, you run a little team of Pokemon and you go and complete various missions in a turn-based fighty game thing. It's very, very weird, but it's quite enjoyable. Um, yeah, you, you command like a small team of Pokemon, but all the Pokemon are like sentient. You're not a trainer. The Pokemon go around and have like their own society. Um, and you fill these little missions and you like find Pokemon who have gotten lost in dungeons and fight terrifying giant steel birds and stuff. Um, and I'm really rubbish at it and I really like it. You can be bad at a game and still enjoy it. That's not a problem at all. I was probably terrible at every single game that I played <laughs> at that age. But I didn't. I think at that time I wasn't really that aware of how bad I was. I'm probably going back and playing them now and be like, oh, this game's this game's easy. But back then you, you don't even really care, do you? you just it's all relative. It the... yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Number one, what we all came here for. Gabriel, what is it? So yeah, number one, and I did say earlier what it was, it is of course Wii Sports. And in hey. 2006, if you didn't have a Wii, you're probably desperately waiting for the next time you can go to a mate's house and play on their Wii, pretty much. Wii Sports came with my Wii upon purchase, as I imagine it did for most. And despite it being the first game I had on my Wii, I was still playing it to the very end. Even now, if someone wanted me to play some Wii Sports tennis, oh, sign me up. Yeah, sign me honestly, up. <laughs> honestly, genuinely, I... I, I... I was debating whether I'd go and buy a Wii just for just for the Wii Sports and Literally. Wii Sports Resort as well. I know that came out much later yeah. on, but oh, what what a great game. Great just, game. It was so new. That, that's the thing with it. It was just so unique to... Uh, well, I mean, the Wii in general was yeah. so unique. You know, mm. I have to be honest, I always preferred Wii Play over Wii Sports. Really? Fair enough. Yeah. Also yeah. great. The tank game on We Play might oh, might just oh. about be one of the most yes. incredible things ever created. Oh <laughs> my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. That was so good. Yeah, I, I remember one one level was really hard, or at least it was really hard back then. I can't remember what it was, but I think it brought in was it a unique type of tank or something like that? And it was just oh, oh dude, they they introduced like six or seven different types of tanks. I think in that game. Yeah, something like that. But I don't I, I don't remember because I haven't played it since I was. I haven't played that game since I was like 14. Yeah, no, mm. it was a long time ago. Oh, I remember, yeah. oh, wow, that is a throwback. That's some nostalgia for me. We have to go and watch someone complete it. That's <laughs> what I'm going to have to do. Mm. Right, Billy, you're number one. Yes, yeah, so my number one, again, it's been briefly mentioned before, but for me, it has to be The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, um, there we go. I, I love The Legend of Zelda series. 
I really, really do. They are these beautiful combination of fighting and action and puzzle games. And Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess was the first console uh, Legend of Zelda game I played because uh, I, I played Wind Waker before um, on my DS. Well, my sister's DS, actually, because she's the one who owned it. Um, but Twilight Princess is beautiful and melancholy haunting. It's got this feel to it of... I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's great. It's got a really good story. Uh, I played it on the Wii, so the controls were all, you know, uh, motion controls, which yep. always made me very excited. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is just this beautifully, beautifully made game. And it's, it's weirdly pretty because it, it is very... <sighs> I, don't to, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's almost... It's, it's almost... De- Go on. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost depressingly bleak, but it's got this sort of haunting beauty yeah. to it, despite that. Exactly what you, you I was going to say. Thing... Yeah, it, it's not quite the same sort of melancholy of, of uh, Breath of the Wild, which has this sort of grand towers fallen feeling to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just this very, here are some ordinary people caught up in these terrifying, horrible events. And it's, I don't know, it, it, it's got this feeling to it, this atmosphere that I, I love. And I think everyone should go play it. It feels very ahead of its time as well, in my opinion. I think all the Legend of Zelda's really did feel like they were breaking boundaries and that sort of thing. Nothing really came close to to how consistently good they were for their time, if I'm honest. But yeah, what what a game. No wonder it's first place. Right, okay. That's it for 2006. And we're going to continue this series into the next few years in the shows coming up uh, each week. Moving on to our weekly news roundup. Gabriel, Billy, I'm sure you've got lots of stuff for me, uh, well, to tell me uh, about the world of gaming and technology, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, do you want to start? Yeah. So Question LLC, most famous for developing the horror game Blackout Club, are apparently in the process of developing a new South Park video game. Although the studio includes team members who worked on previous South Park games, The Stick of Truth and Fractured Butthole, it sounds like this next South Park game won't be another single-player RPG and will instead include a multiplayer aspect. The deal South Park's creators signed with Viacom, worth over $900 million, which I thought wow. was actually quite staggering, wow. just for those two creators, mentioned that some of that money was being invested in a video game. However, it also suggested the game would be developed internally by an in-house studio. So unless those plans have changed, there may actually be two South Park games currently in the work. The reason I wanted to bring this to your attention is because personally, I'm a massive fan of South Park and I've literally watched every episode multiple (laughs) times, but I've never had the chance to get one of the games and I'm really you know, interested in these new ones that are coming out and I'm definitely going to be monitoring it. I think Fractured Buttholes is supposed to be really good. I know mm. that's such a stupid name, but... <laughs> I, know, I, lo- I loved saying it. And I, yeah. could, I, could, I could hear the subtle chuckles as I said that in my serious voice. Yeah, no, well, it's... J- j- just to clarify for anyone listening, it's Fractured, but also whole, not yeah, exactly named after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. True, true, it's a very, very true. terrible pun. <laughs> but it's just classic for... for... Yeah, South Park, isn't it, really? Just very fitting. Very fitting. It really is. Mm. So my next bit of news is in September 2020, 
NVIDIA and SoftBank Group Corporation announced the definitive agreement under which NVIDIA will acquire Arm Limited from SoftBank Group in a transaction valued at, and now this is a staggering amount of money, 40 billion US dollars for the, for the buyout. Oh my okay? God. Good God. I know, right? <laughs> I, I know. It actually staggers me every time I read that figure. This was met quite understandably with a lot of criticism on competition grounds. Yeah. For those that don't know, both NVIDIA and ARM are two of the biggest players in all things computers, AI and various other things. You know, if, if you're interested in these companies, do, do look them up. Two years down the line, NVIDIA have just released a statement which details why they believe the merger should go ahead as planned. And it makes for a very entertaining read, if I don't say so myself. A couple of key points are that they have said ARM will no longer receive major investments from its current owners, SoftBank, and that NVIDIA will work to benefit of all ARM licenses and is not a competitor to ARM in any way, shape or form. My opinion is that's quite, I I don't think that's fair. I think they are a competitor. They provide the same good or service. Obviously, they go about in different ways. They've carved different niches, but ultimately... They, to me, by definition, are competitors. Why would they? Why would they buy them out if they weren't? Exactly. Exactly. I think it's as simple as that. They'll argue collaborate, collaboration, and all this kind of stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, they're outright competitors. Well, I mean, it sounds like Nvidia are basically lying. <laughs> exactly. That is that, and and cold face lying in their statements. That's why I found it quite quite funny to read. To be honest, yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, a merger this stature should not go ahead. Uh, it's basically the gaming equivalent of the as the Sainsbury's thing that happened <laughs> a little while ago. It's yeah. it's basically I mean, like, yeah. Unfortunately, this is probably going to go to the US, and the US allows Disney to own everything, so I yeah. suspect it will go ahead. Very true, actually. That's a very good point, yeah. It still it's, impacts everyone all over the globe, I think. Oh, it does, but there's no way you can really stop it if they're both headquartered in a different country. But you say that, and this is where the the saving grace is, because ARM are headquartered in Cambridge, UK, which I think Mm. is good. And I think this is why it's been delayed for so long. Because like I say, it was 2020 when NVIDIA first announced this, uh, and it's still ongoing. And this statement was released very recently on why it should go ahead. Um, So I, I think it's basically a case of still convincing the UK government, basically. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope, I hope like, Hopefully they almost don't. I don't want this to go ahead because competition in this is really good, especially with like the GPU shortage lately. Oh, yeah, massively. I just don't, th- it just means that they have, well, it's the same with business, business and company. <laughs> I'd said it in eventually, yeah. Uh, with businesses in general, it's just sort of, you need to have that competition to constantly strive forwards and achieve new you know and have that competitive nature and the aspect of what they're doing because otherwise you just don't end up producing or innovating as much as you would if you had someone that was neck and neck with you mm-hmm. entirely true but like from from a consumer standpoint it also means the less competitors there are the higher you can uh, fix your prices because you don't need to drive each other's prices down yeah yes but, you also base a bit basic business and economics theory on the show today so yeah there we go <laughs> who would have guessed that who would have guessed that right thank you gabriel billy yes so i've got a couple pieces of news uh, the first is that amazon are beginning production of a fallout television series this year uh it's supposed to be or at least the premiere is supposed to be directed by the westworld co-creator jonathan nolan 
but yeah, they've started announcing, you know, roles and stuff. It's got some interesting uh, stuff because um, Jonathan Nolan, if you don't know, is Christopher Nolan's younger brother. Okay. I was going to ask uh, whether they so were he's related. Worked on Human, Interstellar, yeah, and Person of Interest, which is an interesting little TV show that uh, you might want to watch. Um, but you've also got, uh, in- interestingly, you've also got um, a lady named Geneva Robertson Dwaret, I think it's pronounced, who co-wrote Captain Marvel, um, and also <laughs> involved as a, an executive producer is, of course, the one and only Bethesda's one and only Todd Howard. Interesting. Uh, so. I have to be honest, that doesn't sound like the best writing team I've ever heard of, because while I love Skyrim, it's not the most story-rich game ever invented. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, obviously we're going to have to judge it on its own merits, but it'll be interesting to see that, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that one, Fallout is getting a series before Elder Scrolls, mm. uh, and it's interesting to see how they're going to put it together, um, because obviously the, the big sort of uh, gaming series recently has been The Witcher. Yes. Uh, season, season two, which has just come out, and I really need to watch at some point. Oh, it's halfway amazing. Through. I'm halfway it's through. amazing. I didn't really get into it first season, but second season, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. There you go. Bit, bit of extra news for you if you yeah. didn't know which series two was out. There we are. Um, my other bit of news is about the PlayStation Store. So the PlayStation Store published recently its most downloaded games for December 2021. And I found it really interesting was at the top because of all the paid games, because um, free games aren't counted the same for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Sure. Uh, the the highest downloaded paid game was Among Us. Wow. Which is yeah, which is really interesting because Among Us has sort of I don't know fallen out of the public conscience lately. We've talked about it a bit, but like I've not really seen anybody playing it or any streamers or anything. It's not. Well, it's, it's died on popular. Twitch, hasn't it? Yeah, it's certainly not as popular as it used to be. So it's really interesting to see that people are still downloading it. Uh, even as late as last month, I guess as a, a game that there was actually that like super popular at one point, you're always going to have yeah. that that trail off of people that mm. are, you know late on the late on the hype train. But well, it, even still, to have it as what the most downloaded game on yeah. on the store is pretty crazy, yeah. to be honest. Both mm. both four, both PlayStation Four and Five. I mean, I think part of it is that it, it only just got released on console. So yeah, it's the first true. time console players have been able to able to play it. True. Um, but it's really interesting because obviously it's a free mobile game as well. So you can buy, you can you can play it free on mobile. So people are paying to play it on console instead, which says to me that even if it's you know become less popular generally, there's several like dedicated groups who want to play it enough that they're sort of keeping it alive. Mm. Well, it's the people that have a, you know a massive online friendship group on 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 PlayStation, isn't it? You'd imagine. You know, if you've got eight eight odd players at once online and they want a yeah. game to all, all play with each other, I think it's perfect still. And it, yeah, it's, that's a good chat. Just because it's not as popular doesn't mean it's, you know, what isn't a, a great game because it's honestly fantastic. And yeah, it actually no, no, should absolutely. be is, should be probably still still up there and hopefully it gets, uh, it, well, its sequel comes out in, I don't know how long, probably this uh, year, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that too. Yeah, there, there were some other interesting things on the list. Um, there was Beat Saber was the most popular PSVR game. Uh, also making the most popular list of games was Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, yeah. and Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. 
all good games apart from yeah. maybe Vanguard potentially. Yeah. I, don't know. I, don't know. I, have, I haven't played it too much. To be honest, I've I've been playing that. I've finally completed the campaign on that, and it is actually yeah. a very good campaign. I, I, the multiplayer is 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 very lacking, yeah. and it's very it's the fastest paced multiplayer I've ever known on Call of Duty. It re- it's really crazy on there. It's really crazy. Super arcadey. Yeah. Very arcadey. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of. Uh, multiplayer on the ps5 top downloaded was battlefield 2042 which that is interesting has something of a poor reputation i think some you know yes. someone found it in gamestop recently for like five quid because yes. they sold it back to him and they didn't want to sell it for the same price again yeah oh my gosh that, uh, yeah that oh well it's a it's a i think with the battlefields it's just proves do not pre-order or buy a game on release it's not worth it just wait a week wait two weeks the game's not going to change arguably they're going to fix all the bugs and the problems if they're if they're fixable within those first two weeks don't pre-order a game for 60 70 pound when you can just you know like well with this game you can wait a a month and a bit and you can get it for like what 10 percent of the price exactly right billy is that all is that all your uh, news for this week that's everything from me for this week. Perfect. Right. That about wraps it up for the news. And that is the end of this show. So, guys, thank you again for joining me, Gabriel and Billy. I really appreciate it. We have a, well, I've mentioned it previously, our email, hitbox at river.radio. Get in touch with anything gaming related, be it news, be it games you've played, reviews and so on. Billy, you have something to tell me? Yes. Uh, sit up straight, everybody. Perfect, spot on. I'm stretching now. Uh, and you can catch our previous episodes and future episodes on riverradio.live or on Spotify and other streaming platforms. That's about everything. Like I said, thank you guys for joining me and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.